In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, does anybody like roller coaster rides? We have one for you today. This is Palm Sunday as well as Passion Sunday. And here's what I mean it's a theological roller coaster ride, which we are going on and preparing us all the way until next Sunday when we bring back the Alleluias and welcome Jesus in full in the resurrection. But here we are, finishing Lent and transitioning into Holy Week. And as we began waving our palms, saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. In just a few days, as you heard in the reading of the Passion narrative, we will all share in some of the toughest times in the life of Jesus, our Savior. And then in the greatest loss of hope, that the world has ever known, followed by that hope returning in great victory when Jesus rose again. Do you see what I say by roller coaster ride? A lot of emotion, a lot of up, a lot of down. Pack your bags. Here we go. For our purposes today, let us go back to the story of Lazarus we read a few weeks ago. Jesus raised him from the dead. At this point in the story, there's a lot of heat surrounding Jesus and the disciples because of what they had been doing. His name and reputation began to rise, and with that, a lot of protest and criticism from the religious elite. His disciples think the right thing to do because of that, all the criticism going on, is to head out of Jerusalem and let things calm down a bit. But Jesus knows what is to come, and he heads with them right into the fire. And as he raises Lazarus from the dead, this actually sets off a chain of events that led to the original Palm Sunday, to the events that we recall and remember during Holy Week, and to his death and resurrection. We hear in our reading this morning, the time had come for the Son of Man to be glorified. If you are one that likes to note, that is actually a fulfilled prophecy found in Zechariah 9.9. I'll leave that to read for yourself. But back to the gospel, it says he had, Jesus began to rode in on a donkey colt into Jerusalem. The time was upon him as he knew his death was now days away. We have the triumphal entry this morning. And it was a promised coming of the king, the coming of the foretold Messiah. And the people were ecstatic. There was a buzz around town upon this Messiah finally arriving. The people of Jerusalem desperately needed a king. And as they had been under Roman occupation for several years now, they had been treated badly, beaten and even killed. They wandered in the desert for all of those years, constantly looking for a land to call their own. They had been looking for this promised king to set things right, for him to restore their rightful place 
as God's chosen people. They were hoping that this promised king would bring justice finally. As the town was preparing for the high feast of Passover, a rumor was flying around that this prophet that had brought some guy outside of town back to life, and he was coming here to Jerusalem, and you could see why the excitement was building. As he arrived, the people cried out, waving their palm branches, Hosanna! Hosanna, he is here! The translation of Hosanna is not Alleluia. It is actually save now. Save us now. Rescue us now. And they continued to yell, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. They are declaring his arrival and as well crying out these things in great anticipation, saying, Rescue us, Lord. The only thing was, at least at first glance, Jesus didn't turn out to be the type of king that they had expected. Instead of sitting on a throne, on a crown of gold, he ends up on a cross, wearing a crown of thorns. The crowd turns on him as the cries go from, Hosanna, Hosanna, to crucify him, crucify him. I mentioned that big theological roller coaster we're on. Are you ready for the hard turn that'll jolt your neck a little bit? You're probably sitting there thinking, those schmucks, they really don't know or didn't know what they were doing, do they? But in reality, it's not hard for us to find ourselves in a similar circumstance and a similar place. It's not hard for us Even today, when things are going really well for us, to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, thank you, God, for the blessings on my life, all while waving our palms. And then a week later, handing him thorns, as he doesn't show up the way we want him or expect him to show up. I know I have done this several times, actually. I find myself continuing to do it as well. I remember as a very young 22-year-old youth pastor having a great time, things were going well, and then getting news of a mother and her daughter coming to youth group and hit by a drunk driver. And I remember things, you know, really well. Hosanna, things are going well in the youth group. And that tragedy hits, saying, really, God, what is going on. And in those moments, time after time, his grace would meet me, calm me, and put me at peace. And it's always funny to me how that happens. In those times where we ask, what is going on in anger or in frustration, God's grace meets us and holds us through. This just goes to show a false dichotomy of blessing and suffering in our society today. This is what I mean by that. When we are tempted to act like that during times of suffering or hard times, when we say, God, why did I or why did they deserve this? The easiest way to explain it is blessing good, suffering bad. For us Christians, it doesn't quite 
work like that, even though it is our nature to respond like that. As followers of Christ, as his children, we have his promise. We have his blessing and the grace of God that sustains us through all of life's moments, the ups and the downs, because of the finished work of his cross. It doesn't mean that life is going to be all peaches and cream, but it does mean that our God is with us every step of the way. I thought I could actually choose one of our characters in the long narrative that we read this morning to show the pattern of how this works out time and time again. But as we bid the season of Lent adieu and we start into Holy Week, I thought I would keep riding the Jesus train. Here's an example that we can see pulling out three specific times of that narrative that we read of the life of Jesus Christ, both showing his humanity and his deity. Those three things are the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, his actual death, and his resurrection. We'll start with the prayer. You heard him say, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. God, please deliver me from what is coming. Take this from me. But we know what happens next. He still goes to the cross. For us, we know God won't always deliver us out of life's trying moments. But he will be with us every step of the way. You have everything you need as hard as life can seem. Jesus was destined to go through it. And for us, it is trying, but always there, God gives us strength. And in his death, we hear, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? And this can be truly difficult for us to understand. Martin Luther once said, I just have to throw my hands up in confusion I can't understand it. We have the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and here we have God forsaking himself. Jesus still being divine, still God hanging on the cross as he prays Psalm 22. Jesus is mourning, and he is lamenting. He is crying out, God, where are you? Where are you in this most difficult of times? Most theologians agree the sins of the entire world are placed on Jesus in full in this moment. And for the first time, he experienced separation from God. He feels so, par so far apart from us. His natural physical side feeling the pain of loss in that moment being separated. How about you? Now, you've probably never had to bear the sins of the entire world on your shoulders. But nevertheless, have you ever been there? In one of life's really trying moments, going through hurt and loss, feeling separated from God, praying the same thing, God, where were you in this most trying time? And the answer for us in these moments is, 
his resurrection. Here comes the climb back to the victory on the roller coaster ride. For the resurrection to occur, death had to happen. Jesus had to experience it, and so must we. Remember the prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Your will to die, as soon as your will dies, God can take over, can take residence. This doesn't often look the way we expect it to look. But much like Jesus, we have to go through the prayer, through the death, and we experience his resurrection in our own lives. Remember the good news. We arrived to this great victory, the great celebration today, and life did what it did to destroy it. But Easter is right on its heels. It is upon us. I bet each of you a powerful Holy Week remembrance as you remember and walk this story in your own lives. Amen. Amen.